A-groups are warning of an imminent public health crisis in Gaza if supplies of water and fuel remain cut off. CNN's Selma Abdelaziz has more on the growing desperation inside Gaza and a warning some images in her report are graphic. This is what life looks like in places Israel told families to flee towards for their safety, where constant bombardment has reduced homes to rubble and wiped out entire families, these survivors say. I lost all my relatives, 15 people, this man says. We were not on the front line or anything. We were just sitting at home. What have we done wrong? The UN warns there are no safe places. About half a million people fled here to southern Gaza after an evacuation order by the Israeli military. But families desperate for refuge are still trapped in the war zone. The dead and injured flooding a healthcare system on the brink. Civilians are caught in the crossfire. With the death toll mounting, just over a quarter of those killed are children, according to Palestinian officials. And a week-long siege is strangling the enclave, the UN says, amid fears food, fuel, water and medical supplies may soon run out. Some two million people are crammed into this 140-square-mile territory, now many of them pushed into an even smaller corner of the enclave. About half the population are children. There are not enough shelters to house the sheer number of civilians, and even those who do find spaces in overwhelmed schools turned refugee centers, it is little comfort to the youngest victims. There is no one to protect us, this little girl says. There is no one to come save us. How are we supposed to live? How? Answer me. Prime Minister Netanyahu has vowed to annihilate Hamas after a terror attack by the group left 1,400 killed in Israel. But with Hamas so deeply embedded within Gaza's population, rights groups fear a bloodbath. What we're seeing right now, the direction that Israel is going to, they is going in, they have said they want to destroy Hamas, but their current trajectory is going to destroy Gaza. Hamas does not answer to the people of Gaza. No elections have been held here since the group seized power in 2007. Still, it is these residents that will pay the price, and with a potential ground incursion expected, that cost is unfathomable. Sam Abdulaziz, CNN, London. Joining me now from Tel Aviv uh, is Jonathan Conriquez, international spokesperson for the Israel Defense Forces. Uh, Colonel, good to see you. Thank you for being with us. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure, sir. I'm wondering if you could just comment on a report we've just received uh, from Palestinian sources within Gaza that there were Israeli airstrikes uh, around the Rafah crossing in the south, uh, killing at least 28 people, also um, airstrikes in the region of Khan Yunus, which, as you know, is in the center of Gaza. These are all areas which the Israelis urged the Palestinians to head towards uh, to be out of danger for Israeli operations that were taking place in the north. So what more can you tell us about those airstrikes in the south? Yes, the uh, combat operations continue. We continue to hunt Hamas operatives to attempt to degrade their military capabilities, whereabouts, locations, tunnels, uh, rocket launchers, uh, and of course, other things that are part of this war that has been forced upon us. 
Um, I'm not aware of any strikes specifically in those areas, but they could have happened. And anyhow, we continue to operate and strike Hamas targets as uh, we have defined before. And we try to do that according to the law of armed conflict and, of course, to minimize civilian casualties. And just as we have you talking about Rafa, what is the situation there, as far as you know it, with regards to that border crossing actually being open so that all the trucks on the Egyptian side of the border, trucks filled with humanitarian assistance, will be allowed into Gaza? Because right now, the people's lives are counting on that aid being delivered. Yes, uh, I know that an attempt, first of all, I am aware of lots of discussions, report, and quite a lot of conflicting information about it. And sorry to say, I don't have clarity myself. The only thing I can say is that the last attempt that I am aware of that we were involved in was uh, three days ago when there was an attempt to evacuate foreign nationals, Americans and others, uh, which failed because Hamas refused to open the gate. Other than that, I don't have any updates on the situation. Uh, we understand the complexity and perhaps there will be news uh, later in the day about uh, Rafah and about other issues pertaining to humanitarian aid. A confusion in war, I guess, comes with the territory, so, but we appreciate whatever you can do to clarify. Uh, we've just had the news as well on, uh, on Monday that the US President Joe Biden will visit Israel on Wednesday. There is an imminent ground operation in Gaza. Does the President's visit to Israel, does it complicate or delay that ground incursion in any way? Not as far as uh, I understand, uh, and I think uh, what I understand from public statements, the statement made by Secretary Blinken, the president is here to show his uh, support for Israel and that he stands with Israel, uh, our right to defend ourselves. And of course, any uh, enhancement of our operations is part of our right to defend ourselves. I think the president also said that uh, Hamas needs to be destroyed, and that is exactly our military aim. We want to dismantle Hamas and make sure that never again will any terrorist organization in Gaza have the ability to perform the atrocities that Hamas did on the 7th of October. With regards to um, you know, the, the military operations and the exodus uh, from the north of Gaza to the south that we were just talking about moments ago, um, that did seem to be a fairly clear message to Hamas uh, that a big operation was on its way. Uh, can you say how long and specifically where those operations will take place in the north around the Gaza City? And what are the risks facing those who stayed in that area? And is there a danger of telegraphing your punches, if you like, to Hamas militants and what's coming down the line? Yeah, three good questions in one. Uh, listen, it is generally not wise for a military to be uh, advertising its intentions. And we are aware of the fact that we have just advertised our intentions by telling civilians in northern Gaza to go south. Why have we done that? Because we want civilians out of fighting and we don't want them to be killed. So there's a balance here between achieving a military objective and uh, minimizing civilian damage. And in this case, which is ev very evident and you cannot uh, argue with it, uh, we have chosen to, um, you know, the, the, the sanctity of life and, and the helping Palestinian civilians to go south and not be stuck in an area that there will be significant combat activities. Uh, there is a risk, and we will have to mitigate this risk with the tactics, the weapons, and the time that we use when and if we'll operate. Uh, there is tremendous, you know, uh, desire in Israel to see Hamas defeated, to see the scourge and the terror gone from Gaza. 
but Israelis, of course, also want the IDF to operate uh, smartly and in a way that doesn't expose our troops to undue danger in an environment that already is amongst the most dangerous on uh, any battlefield. And very quickly, one of the other reasons why um, President Biden is coming to the region, coming to Israel, and the Secretary of State Anthony Blinken has been there, is concerned that this this conflict with Hamas in Gaza could spread uh, and you know, erupt into a much bigger regional confrontation uh, with actors uh, for Iran in particular, warning of, uh, you know, if there are any more Palestinian civilians who are killed, if this continues, that there will be consequences for Israel. What's, what's your response to that? Well, I, I, I read it the same way. I mean, I see that uh, President Biden and uh, Secretary Blinken and many American statements are made exactly in order to prevent a regional escalation. Uh, the common denominator or let's say the reason or the power that could uh, escalate the Middle East into regional escalation is Iran. They have their tentacles, they have their proxy organizations around Israel, Hezbollah in the north, Hamas, Islamic Jihad in the south, and lots of proxies in Syria and Iraq. And if they decide so, then maybe they would want to uh, throw more of their proxies uh, towards Israel. That would be unwise and definitely not something that would serve the interest of the people of the region. Maybe it would serve Iranian interest, but definitely not the people of the region. And I think that's a very strong message that the U.S. is delivering to Iran. If you're thinking about doing it, don't. What we are saying is we are prepared along our northern border, in the south, whoever threatens us and whoever uh, challenges our safety and security of our civilians, we will defend and we will uh, make sure that they don't have the ability to do so. Colonel Corricas, thanks so much for being with us. So we appreciate your time. Thank you. Good morning.